and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. All right, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're going to read 12 verses here, uh, and then we'll start. Okay, This is verse 12 of John chapter 8. Remember what's happened. The woman caught in adultery with the Jewish leaders. They brought this woman to the temple courtyard. We don't know which courtyard, probably the court of women. And they say, Jesus, what are you going to do with this lady? Are you going to stone her? We talked about it last week. He didn't come to the world to judge the world, but uh, that people might be saved. And so the, he kind of put to shame those Jewish men, those Jewish leaders. And they, if you remember, got out of the center of the area and kind of stepped back into the crowd. And then at the very end, Jesus says to the lady, this is in verse 11, I do not condemn you either. Go now and sin no more. Okay. Now there's still a large crowd around. And verse 12 picks up. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have light of life, the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Okay, if you remember, that relates to last week, and we'll talk about it. Jesus then answered and said to them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, and I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it. But I and the Father who sent me, even in your law it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who testifies myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered them, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught them in the temple. And no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said again to them, I go away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, Where I am going you cannot come. And he was saying uh, to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you and we thank you for this day you've given to us. And just pray that as we go through this, you would encourage or convict us as needed and help us to see that we are to be lights in a dark world um, that point people to you, which are who are the true light, God. Uh, we love you, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there are a lot of uh, bright stars in the universe, okay? And the most luminous star in the universe for us would be the sun, right? Okay, you guys all know that. Okay, everybody loves the sun. The sun is something very good, okay? I miss the sun this time of year because we don't feel like we get very much of it, but I'm glad I live in Oklahoma because uh, other parts of the world don't get as much sun as we do. Okay? But it's healthy. It gives you vitamin D. It makes you feel happy, at least for me, sometimes if it's nice and sunny outside. 
Um, but one thing that the sun does is it, it, it illuminates. I have a hard time saying that word, but it illuminates, okay, or it makes things visible. Okay, it illuminates. There are other bright stars in the universe, though. Okay, the sun is like the bright one and illuminates the whole world. But there are other stars in the universe. Okay, um, these are some of the other stars. Does anybody? You guys probably know this already, but which one of these is the brightest? It's what? Yes. Okay. This is the brightest star. It's for you guys. It's the one on your left. Okay, the one on your left over there is the brightest star for us. Okay, now. As I was looking up, you know, and I was doing some studying on stars, which, you know, whatever. I was doing some studying on stars. This is the brightest one for us in the night sky, which means that it gives us the most illumination on the earth. However, it is by far not even close to the most illuminous star, meaning that it's not the brightest star out there. It's just the brightest for us because of how big it is, the distance it is from the earth, and all that sort of thing. It's the brightest star in our uh, universe and so these guys, these stars illuminate the Earth to a degree, but not like the Sun does. Okay, so light. Okay, and we're just going to talk a little bit about light. But light has the power to illuminate. Okay, this is the Webster Merriam-Webster definition for light. Okay, it says uh, for illumination. Sorry, it says to supply or brighten with light, to make luminous or shining, to enlighten spiritually or intellectually, to sub be subject to radiation, to make clear or to bring forth or to highlight okay so this is what it means to illuminate that is what it means to illuminate and jesus here in this passage he claims to be the light of the world okay he claims to be the light of the world which is very important because he illuminates and he illuminates in two ways which we're going to look at those two different ways but something i thought of on the way over here is on the way to church as i was driving is this kind and this isn't a perfect illustration okay but Jesus is like the sun, okay, and he illuminates the whole world. But we're kind of like the stars, right? We're kind of like the stars because we're supposed to illuminate too, okay? And we're not, we're not Jesus. We don't illuminate in the same way. But our illumination, our light, is supposed to point people to the greater light or the light, which is Jesus the sun who can illuminate the whole world, right? And so sometimes when it gets, not sometimes, when it gets dark, okay, at night, okay, we, have, we are these lights, okay? And we are in a dark world, and we are these lights that are to point people to Jesus, okay, the sun. And so there's two different ways that um, we are to be lights, okay? And we're going to look at it at the beginning here, then we're going to go through the whole passage, and we're going to look at it again at the end. Okay, this is 1 John 1, 7. It says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son cleanses us from all sin. And so the first way that we can be lights is by walking in the light, okay? And this is, Brent at the Murder Mystery talked a little bit about this, but this is a fellowship aspect, okay? This is talking about as, as a believer, okay? And the whole book of 1 John is about this, but as a believer, if I'm abiding in Christ, if I'm walking in the Spirit, if I'm following Christ, okay? He's the light that shows me the way to walk as a believer, and if I walk in, walk in that, I can be a light. Okay, and as that light, it, that light causes me to not sin right like he shows me the way to not sin okay and that's talking merely about abiding christian fellowship right we're walking the light we're gonna have fellowship with god right but there's another type of light right and that is lights to the world okay that point the way to salvation it illuminates the way to salvation so one illuminates the way to live 
As a believer, one illuminates the way to salvation. This is Matthew 5, 14-16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we are to be lights to the world as well, showing, I think, the way to salvation. Okay, by the way we live, by the things we say. Okay, and so keep that all in your mind as we look at this passage because this passage is saying that Jesus is the ultimate light, if you will, to the world. He's the sun. Okay, and we are to reflect him and be like him so that we point people to the way of salvation. Okay, maybe even point other believers to the way of uh, um, following and abiding and for ourselves to walk in the light so we can abide in in him. Okay, so first thing that we're going to look at is this first verse. Oh, sorry, I forgot that. Be a light by walking in the light. Okay, be a light by walking in the light. That's what we're going to talk about today. The first thing we're going to look at is verse 12. It's the light. Okay, on your handouts that you didn't get, it says the light. So you can pretend to fill in light. Okay, everybody get your pen, go up in the air and draw a light. Okay, all right, good. Now we're all ready. Light. Okay, <clears throat> look at verse 12 again. <laughs> says, then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, okay, now, I want to stop there, because context is so key, and remember last week, we talked about how verses 1 through 11, really verse 53 of chapter 7 through 11, some people think that that's not a part of scripture, or, or not a part of the original text, you guys remember talking about that a little bit, okay, well, part of the reason they say that is because they think it doesn't flow well, okay, they think that that passage going into this passage doesn't flow well, but I think it really does because think about the context, think about where they were. Where were they? Where was Jesus teaching? What? Jerusalem, okay? Specifically in the temple, okay? And in one of the courtyards. We'll talk about it in a second. We think it's the court of women, okay? It could have been the court of Gentiles, could have been the court of women, okay? But probably the court, I don't know. It could be either one of those, okay? But he's, he's teaching. Remember we talked, was there a crowd around him? And when he was teaching, who came out to the middle where he was? Pharisees, Pharisees and scribes, and they brought a, an adulteress, a woman caught in adultery, whom they suspectly caught in adultery. They didn't catch the man, by the way, I don't know where he was. They just caught her somehow, and they brought him out. Okay, and so they brought her out to Jesus, okay, and said, Do you want a stoner? You know, that's against the Roman law. We talked about that last week. And then he answered them so wisely that what they do? It says they what? It says they left. Okay? And so some people think that means they left the whole temple. They're just gone. Okay? But remember, it said that they were in the middle. Okay? And so we think that they left and they went back into the crowd. Meaning that they were like, oh, all right. And they kind of like walked back into the crowd. Okay? And this next passage, okay, it actually... Uh, I don't know the right word, but it proves that, I think. Okay? I think it proves that, that they walk back in the crowd. And remember, uh, how many witnesses did you have to have to stone somebody? Two witnesses. Okay, you had to have two witnesses. Okay, so Jesus just said, there's no more witnesses. If you guys go back, uh, you know, in those verses 10, 11. Okay, does anybody condemn you? No, there's nobody that condemns you now. There's not two witnesses, right? And that's all going to play in because the Jews are going to step back out. And they're going to try and call Jesus on what he just called them on. Okay? So it all fits and it all flows really, really well. 
So then he again spoke to them. So now he's, he's there by himself, kind of in the center again. The crowd's around there. And he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, now to get kind of the, uh, the context again, okay, we're going to kind of go over what, where they are. Okay, this is the temple. Okay, uh, I'm going to use this side over here. So this right here, this is like the court of Gentiles. Okay, and I'll have a, a visual on this in a second. This right here is the court of women. And then you see these two big, this doesn't mean only women come in here, by the way. So the court of Gentiles is where everybody could go. Then only Israelites, Jewish people, could go into the court of women, essentially. And then there's another court that only the men um, could go into, essentially. So these two big lights right here, those were lit at the uh, Feast of Booths. Okay? Now, when is Jesus teaching? Feast of Booths, right? So these things would have been lit. They're these giant lights. And these giant lights represent something. Okay? This is... um. Well, I'm not even going to worry about that quote because it's long. But basically, these were lit to represent in the Old Testament when God um, led the people of Israel. Okay, Does anybody have an idea of what that... You guys understanding? Yeah, uh, cloud by day and a fire by night. Cloud by day and a fire by light. Or by, by light. <laughs> by night. Okay? And so God led the people of Israel by these things. Okay? And that showed them the way they were supposed to go. So in the Feast of Booths, what were the booths to remind the people of? They're dwelling in the wilderness. So obviously it makes sense to light these giant candles, I mean, for lack of a better word, these giant candles to represent that also that time when they were living in the wilderness, in their tents, and God led them by fire or by light. Showed the way. So if you can imagine, okay, Jesus is possibly sitting here in the court of women, it could be outside the court of women, the court of Gentiles, but it could be right there even by those big lights. Okay, And he says, I am the light of the world. Okay, So this is all tied to these people's heritage, right? It's all tied to what they know, what they're celebrating, what they, you know what I mean? They're, they're like living this, okay? And I think in, uh, yeah, so this is another good one okay, that they should know. The Pharisees would know this for sure. Maybe some of the people there would know this. It's Isaiah 49.6. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore and preserve the ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. This is talking about the coming Messiah, okay? that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So they know the coming Messiah is going to be a light. Okay, So you've got to think about how these Israelites, how these people in the temple would be thinking when Jesus makes this claim. Okay, because we as Americans, so far removed from that culture, it's like, okay, he says, I'm the light of the world. That's a cool illustration. But he's saying so much more. And we're going to see as this passage goes on, he's claiming to be the Messiah, and he's claiming to be God, and he's claiming all these things and he, throughout this whole thing. And so um, he claims, he says, I am the light of the world. Okay, I am the light of the world. I think I have one more slide. Okay, so I also want to put this up there, okay, because... As he says, I am the light of the world, you have to think of what he just said. Okay? How many of you guys look at your Bibles? How many of you guys have a title in between verse 11 and 12? Like some sort of title. Raise your hand. Okay? Almost everybody has a title in your Bible. I hate titles. Okay? Because they break things up that don't need to be broken up. Right? They're good sometimes. 
Okay, but if we just read it straight, okay, this is the end. You can look in your Bibles and see this, but this is the end of what we just read. Um, and she said, no, this is verse 11. She said, uh, no one, Lord, no one condemns you. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. From now on, sin no more. And then he continues to teach by saying, I am the light of the world. Okay, that's very important. Okay, because it's going to show us what kind of light he's talking about. Okay, the first thing we're going to look at here um, is the Greek. Okay, for those of you who like Greek. Okay, anybody know what the I am is there? Okay, here's the, here's the passage. Anybody know what the I am? Anybody have a guess at what the I am is there? Yahweh? Well, no. It's ego e me. Okay, it's ego e me. So, for those of you who haven't been here since the very beginning, okay, ego e me is a free phrase in great. In great. Okay? Uh, I'm very good at talking this morning. So, the e me right there. Okay, that e me. So, that's the e i m i, basically. And that's a second word. That means I am. Okay? The ego, like the waffle, that means I. Okay, so it says, I, I am. Okay, so why would somebody write, I, I am? Okay, Reese? To emphasize the I. Okay, and so this is something that we've been looking at in the book of John because he uses it quite often. Because Jesus uses it quite often to emphasize he is, I am. Uh, we even saw John the Baptist emphasize, I am not, one time, right? And so Jesus here is emphasizing, I am am the light of the world okay so that's the first greek thing we need to look at as we go on though there's another one that we look at okay shall not okay this one we've talked about a little bit not quite as much but this is the ume okay o-u-m-a essentially okay ume now the u in greek means no or not the may in greek means no or not so in English, when you have no, no, what does that mean? Yes. It means yes. Okay, but in Greek, right, if you say yes. no, no, double negative means yes in, in English. Okay? But in Greek, if you say no, no, it means, does anybody remember? Especially not. Especially not. Great job, Joseph. Especially not. Especially not. So if we read that verse, verse 12, let's read it and remember those things. So I am the light of, not me, this is Jesus talking. Jesus, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will definitely not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, now there's other key things that you need to look at in this verse as well. Okay, the word follow. The word follow. When you see the word follow, maybe not always, but what does that generally indicate? Discipleship. That, what? Discipleship. Discipleship. Okay, there's a difference between discipleship and relationship if you will right how do you how do you uh, have a relationship with God how are you saved from eternal damnation okay and then you can never lose it right okay but how do you how do you are you a, uh, a follower of Christ by abiding by doing good works essentially right by following him can say and so when he says follows me this is going to tell me right off as a reader, I need to look at this and see if he means I'm the light to the world so that people can believe or I'm the light of the world so people can follow me and do right. Okay. Now, think about what he just said in verse 11 to the woman. What did he tell her to do? Okay. What is that? 
does that have to do with discipleship or fellowship, or does that have to do with being saved? Discipleship, discipleship and fellowship. So it would make sense if Jesus is teaching and he says, hey, woman of adultery, go and sin no more. Don't sin anymore. I'm the lie of the world. Okay, I'm the lie of the world. If you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness. Okay, so it makes sense if he's talking about um, fellowship here. Okay, fellowship here, I think. I broke it down like this just to give us a better idea. I think Jesus being the light illuminates everything, right? It does illuminate for belief. If you go back to John 1, okay, he's the light of the world, giving light to all men who come into the world. So he lights the way so people know how to believe. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Okay, so he is the light for belief, and belief equals no death. But he's also the light for following. Okay, that's like walking in the Spirit. And what does Galatians 5.16 say? If we walk in the Spirit, we will not sin. Not not gratify the desires of the flesh. So he lights the way for us to not sin as well. He shows us the way how to not sin. He also shows the way how to believe. Okay, he shows both. And I think that we are to be both too. Okay, we are to be both too. And we're going to look at that as we go through. Okay, but that is verse 12. Okay, he is the light of the world. Anybody who follows him is not going to be walking in darkness. And sometimes as believers we do that, and sometimes we don't, right? As a believer, how many of you have ever, should we say, walk in the darkness? Okay, probably all of us, okay? I have, okay? I don't always walk in the light. But Jesus right here, he commands the woman to walk in the light, essentially. And then says, I'm the light, follow me, and you can walk in the light. Okay, but then these Jewish guys... Okay, remember, Jesus said, hey, there's not enough witnesses first to condemn this woman of adultery. There's not enough good witnesses. So the Pharisees trying to scrounge something up and make something out of nothing. Verse 13, look at it. The Pharisees said to him, you're testifying about yourself. So your testimony's not true. Okay, they say you don't have a second testimony. You don't have a second witness. So if you say you're the light of the world which I think they know what he's talking about for the most part here. Okay, So if you say you're the light of the world and you're the only one that says it, it must not be true. Okay, We know that Jesus has already talked about his witnesses. Earlier on, he talked about John the Baptist as his witness, remember? He talked about the Holy Spirit coming down on him as a dove, as a witness. He talked about God the Father as being a witness when he was baptized. Okay, So he has lots of different witnesses already. Okay, um, So remember that he said... Uh, when Jesus had raised himself up, no one saw, because when he stood up, when he's teaching the woman, okay, he stands up and he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Who, where are your witnesses? Has no one condemned you? So he got rid of their witnesses so that she had no witnesses and she couldn't be condemned. So now they stand up and say, Well, you don't have any witnesses. Okay, you don't have any witnesses. Now let's keep reading. Verse 14. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. <coughs> For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, but I'm not <coughs> judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone in it, but as I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So there are several things in here uh, that Jesus is getting at. Okay, and we're not going to go in super deep detail about this stuff. Uh, but basically, okay, starting now, he says, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. 
Okay, so the first thing you need to know about testimonies and witnesses in the Old Testament law is the testimony and witness of a person, okay, of a man. Okay, is Jesus man? Yeah, he is. Okay, but is he God also? Yes, yes he is, okay? And so there is, there's a distinct difference in that, in saying that even if I testify by myself, it's true because I'm God, okay? So I don't have to have two testimonies, okay? Also... There were two witnesses required for an accusation, but two witnesses did not make something true. Okay, that's a distinction we need to realize here. The two witnesses, okay, if I had to have two witnesses come against me, those witnesses were to provide accuracy and truthfulness to the statements, right? So, if uh, me and Jeremiah were coming to accuse Brent of being the murder in murder mystery, there were two of us. So our statements could collaborate and so that the judges would know okay these testimonies are more accurate they can be true right but let's say let's say that I come against Brent and I knew he was the murderer okay I'm only one witness so would he be accused does that 100% mean that he's not a murderer no so the the two two witnesses do not make something true okay it was a law for mankind because we're fallen people right and so we need that accuracy and things. And so that was, that was why that law was put into place. And so Jesus says, hey, even if I just testify by myself, I know my testimony is true. And he says, because I'm from above and you're not from above. Hey, okay? in verse 15, he says, I judge according to, or sorry, you judge according to the flesh. Okay, you judge according to mankind, according to mankind's laws. Okay, you're judging according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. He says, I'm not judging anyone here, which is what we said last week. He didn't come into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. But even if I do judge, he says, even if I am judging, which he will one day, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it. I and the Father who sent me. Okay, so he says, not only do, uh, do I say it's true, and really I don't need anybody else to say it's true, but the Father says it's true too. So he's calling the Father as his second witness. Okay, and we know he has other witnesses too, right? We know he has a man witness in John the Baptist. We know he has a Holy Spirit it's God the Father, but he calls God the Father as a witness here. And he says, hey, I do have a second witness. It's my Father. Okay, and then in verse 17, it says, even in your law, okay, it's been written again. He, Jesus isn't under that law. Okay, I mean, he is under that law, but it, as a man. But as God, like the Father, like the Father's not under that law in the same way. I don't think that makes sense. I might be confusing. I might not be saying that in a very good way. But does that make sense? Like the Father... He's the creator of the law. Like he's not, he doesn't have sin. So like he, you know, he's not under law in the same way, right? And so uh, he's like, uh, even in your law, it has been written that testimony of two men is true. So I testify my, by myself and the father who sent me testifies. So he says, look, I have two witnesses. Even according to your law, even according to the way you're saying it, I still am, I'm still good. Okay? I don't need it. I don't need a second witness, but I have a second witness. Just to prove you wrong. You know what I mean? Just to say that like, I'm above reproach in everything. I do have two witnesses. The law was for non-omniscient people. Yes. Right? Yes. That's a good way of putting it. The law was for non-omniscient people, right? Um, from the eternity past, God didn't need a law, right? He was a law in a sense, right? He's the standard, right? So, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Okay? And so he has the witnesses there, uh, even though they try and get him on that again, okay? Then... 
he claims to be God, okay? And we're just going to, this is brief, okay? We're going to look at this very briefly, uh, but it's really cool, and it ties into the rest of chapter 8. If you guys scroll, or flip, flip or scroll down, I think it's all the way down to verse 58. Okay, we'll be looking at this verse uh, in a couple weeks, maybe next week. But Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, ego me, I am. Okay, that is a powerful statement, and people use that all the time. Okay, but here's the deal. He's, he builds up to that this whole time. Okay, all the way from verse 12, he's, he starts building and saying, I am God. I am the light of the world. Okay, ego me. Okay, and then in, right here in verse 19 through 24, it's really cool. He, he states it again. Okay, so look at verse 19. And we're going to go through this really fast, okay? So don't worry, we'll be done quick. It says, so they were saying to him, where is, where is your father? Okay, what are they thinking? Do you think? They're probably thinking earthly father. Okay, and we don't know what happened to Joseph, but what do people think happened to Joseph, tradition-wise? Anybody know? They think he probably died when, when Jesus was younger. Okay, so he, he, they're like, where is your father? Where's your father? We don't see your father. You don't have, you don't have a second, second person standing beside you as a witness. Where's your father? They're thinking earthly. They're not thinking heavenly. Um, but he's, he gets them to think heavenly soon because they want to stone him at the end of this chapter. And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father. Okay? Did, did the disciples know who, who Jesus' father was when he said his father? No. A lot of times they did. Okay? A lot of times they did. Sometimes Jesus may have to explain it. Okay? But did they know the father? They did. They knew the Father. Whether they knew Jesus directly, you know, they knew the relationship there, but they also directly knew the Father. And, and these guys, he's saying, you don't, why is he saying that? He's saying they don't believe. Okay, and he'll, he'll state it again more plainly in a second, but he's saying they don't believe in Jesus for eternal life. And so they're not, they're not a child of God, right? That's what he's saying. So, and he'll say it again in a second. Hey, these words he spoke to them in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one sees him because his hour had not yet come. Now, the word treasury... A lot of people think that that was the court of women or the women's court. Okay, so here's a sketch of the temple. Okay, that big open area, that's the uh, uh, court of the Gentiles. Okay, those two big lampstands, they're in the women's court. Here's another graphic. It's a little, like, a little bit better maybe. But that little, it says the little blue right there, it says court of women. So they think that because of this verse, they think Jesus is right in there by those big two lampstands. And if he's in the middle... He's right in between those two giant lights, right? And he says, I am the light of the world. And so I, just, I think that's pretty cool. Okay, so it says he's in there, court, that court right there. Nobody sees him because his time's not yet come. Okay, in verse 21 it says, Then he said again to them, I go away and you seek me, and will die, you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Well, what does that indicate about the people he's talking to? They don't believe. They don't believe. Okay, now... Has some people in this crowd already believed? Do you guys remember? Yes. Yeah, they had. If you go back all the way to chapter 7, when Jesus starts teaching, it said some people in the crowd had already believed. Okay, so he's talking specifically about some of the non-believers. I think he's talking specifically about the main body of Jewish leaders who just brought that, that lady forth. Okay? And he said, you're going to die in your sin. Okay, verse 22. So the Jews were saying, and when remembering Jews so far, Jews has been talking about the Jewish leaders. So the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. Again, they're thinking earthly. So he's like, is he going to kill himself? Like, we can't, we're not going to follow him if he kills himself, right? 
And he, uh, and he was saying to them, so he answers them knowing their thoughts and intentions, you are from below, I am from above. Okay, right there. What is he claiming? God. He's claiming to be God right there. Okay, he is. Okay, there are people in this, there are people that uh, theologians or anti-theologians, you might call them, who say that Jesus does not claim to be God ever in the Scripture. In fact, Jehovah Witness claim that. Okay? They claim that. They changed John 1.1, or John 1, 1.1, right? Yeah, they changed that. Uh, they changed the English translation to say, uh, and he was a God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. So they change it. Okay? Um, but, like, if you just read through John, man, you cannot ignore it. You cannot ignore it. Even right here. He says, I'm from above, you're from below, I'm from above. Okay? Um, and you are of this world, and I'm not of this world. He says it again, right? Why? He's not of this world. Why? Yeah, he's creator of the world. He created the world. He's not from the world. He's not a created being. Okay? He is God, right? Um, and so, he's not of the world, they are. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins, unless you believe that I am he. You will die in your sins. Now, this verse is really cool. Okay, how many of your Bibles have the he italicized in your Bibles right there? Okay, raise your hand if the he is italicized. Okay, good. Yours doesn't even have it. How many of your Bibles don't have he in it? Okay, he's not in it. That is an English word to help provide clarity. Okay, I am he. Okay, but that uh, Greek right there, okay, the I am right there, Jillian, guess what that is? It's ego e me. It's not e me. Okay, a lot of times it says e me. Okay, and e me, you can translate e me or ego e me, you can say I am he on either one of those. You can translate it that way. But it's, since it's ego e me, I think it should be translated, you believe that I am. Okay? And that goes along with what he's been saying this whole time, the statement of I am the light of the world. It goes along with verse 58 when he says, before Abraham was born, I am. It doesn't say I am he there, right? But it's the same Greek words as verse 58, I am. Okay? And so right there, I think, is a powerful claim that he is God. In verse 24, that not a lot of people like, necessarily go to. They always go to verse 58, you know, and they're like trying like, well, 58, he's claiming, well, he's claiming to be God right here too. He says, um, unless you believe that I am. So right there. And this is a great verse for it's faith alone in Christ alone. Right? Okay. What do you got to do to be saved? Believe. believe. And that's what he says right here. He says, you're going to die in your sins for unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Unless you believe that I am, Okay, so if you don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah or believe in Jesus for eternal life, okay, then you'll die in your sins. That's what he says. And so he is claiming to be God and he's showing the way of salvation right there in that verse, I think, which I think is huge. Okay, so so what? Uh, why does any of this matter? We're going to stop at this verse. I know it's kind of like in the middle, but it's there's so much and it's so long and we didn't even get in too deep. So why does any of this matter? Okay. Um, Jesus is speaking of his deity. He's from above. He's not of the world. Uh, and then verse 24, you do not believe that I am. Okay, and so there's two verses. There's two verses that I share with you at the very beginning. I want to share them with you guys again. Okay, it's 1 John uh, 1, 7. Okay, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. 
Okay, that's, that's all we really even need to focus on, honestly. Walk in the light as he is in the light. That's what we should be doing. Okay, walk in the light as he is in the light. So this is for believers who want to abide. That means like live with. Okay, for those believers who want to follow Jesus, who want to live like Christ. Okay, that's walking in the light. Okay, Jesus is the light. And so if we follow him, do what he does, take on the character of his character, you know, do, you know if, if that's what we're doing, we're going to be walking in the light, which means we're not going to be sinning. We're going to be following God. We're going to be doing what God wants us to do. Does that make sense? So because Jesus is the light, we can follow him and walk in the light. But we also want to be lights to the world around us. Okay, and this is in Matthew. He's talking, I think, to believers here. Oh no, Sermon on the Mount. It says, You are the light of the world. See, it's set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine. Okay, that's you guys. That's me. That's not Jesus. That's Jesus talking. Right? Jesus is the light of the world. We're not the light of the world, but we are lights to the world. Okay? Because we can point people to the light of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Because we are. We're the lights of the world. It's like we're the little stars in the sky that point everybody to the sun, who is Jesus Christ. The sun. <laughs> the sun, the sun. S-O-N-S-U-N. Okay? We point people to the sun. And we do that by walking in the light. Okay? I think, uh, yeah, so that's the application I have. Okay? Be a light by walking in the light. Okay? We are not going to be lights to the world if we're acting like people of darkness. Does that make sense? What are people of darkness? People of sin. Okay, people live, yeah, sin. Sin is darkness, right? So if we are living in sin, right, as, as a believer, which we can live in sin as a believer, we don't lose our salvation, right? But what do we lose? Fellowship. We lose our fellowship. What else do we lose? Our rewards. And our illumination. Right? We lose our illumination. Okay? We're not, if we're not walking in the light, how are we going to be a light? Okay? We need to walk in the light. That means walking in the light okay, will make us be a light. Okay? So for us this week, let's think, how can I be a light? Okay? I, I like the uh, WWJD. Right? What would Jesus do? I do like that because it's like sometimes it makes us think. How would Jesus act? How would Jesus respond? What would Jesus do? And if we think of Him as the sun and us as stars, we want to be... What's that star? What's the star's name? Sirius. Sirius? I always call it Cyrus. It's a star Cyrus. Star Sirius. Okay, we want, to be, we want to be that star. We don't want to be one of the obscure small stars that we can barely see. Right? We want to be the bright star. One would be the, the, the brightest star out there that's pointing people to the Son, to Jesus Christ, who is the light, who lights the way of salvation and lights the way of fellowship. Okay, does that make sense to everybody? So let's ask ourselves this week, what would Jesus do? How can I be a light? How can I shine brighter this week, whether I'm at Chipotle or whether I'm at a basketball game or whether I'm at my house around my own family or whether I'm out playing disc golf or whether I'm out doing whatever little girls do? You know, shopping for shoes. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Okay. So whether you're out shopping for shoes, whatever you're doing, okay, how can I be a light? How can I be a bright light? Okay. All right. Let's pray.
Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.